after you deliver a message. So we are live now on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and things of that nature. If you guys would like to come over to the Zoom, and if you have a question, you can text the word NATION to 833-276-7174 to come directly on the Zoom with us. Uh, and today, if you have any questions, y'all know how we do. Go ahead and uh, raise your hand if you have any questions that you have from last week. Y'all heard them on The Breakfast Club. Y'all done heard them on Joe Biden. Y'all done heard them on Ebro. Oh, we done seen them all. We done heard Brother uh, Steve Harvey just mention them in in an in a interview with on Club Shape. I mean, the brother taking the teachings like the minister to every nook and cranny. So we got them on us here today. Brother Nuri, do you have uh, any introduction that you would like to give uh, before we open up uh, in our uh, our presentation today? Before we do that, though, let us all, as always, open up in prayer before we get started. As we uh, get started this morning, make sure you guys send out your text messages and invite your people on. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer before we bring on Brother Neri. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, Shulam being turned unto thee, striving to be upright to him who originated the heavens and the earth, and I'm not among the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death, all for Allah, the lords of the worlds. No associate has he, this I'm commanded, and I'm of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, there is no God but thee, thou art my lord, and I'm thy servant. I've been unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. So please grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me into the best of mores, for none can guide me into the best of mores but thee. And turn away from me the evil and the indecent mores, for none can turn away from me the evil and the indecent mores but thee. And all Allah bless Muhammad, and bless the true followers of Muhammad, as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham, for surely thou art praiseworthy magnified. And all Allah make Muhammad successful, and make the true followers of Muhammad successful, as thou didst make Abraham and the true fathers Abraham successful, for surely thou art praiseworthy magnified. Amen. All right. Man, this has been a powerful, powerful, powerful week, man, and we're going to end it off with Brother Nuri. So we're going to pass it over to you, uh, Brother Nuri, if you have any opening words that you would like to share with us. You're muted, Brother Nuri. Oh, you got to unmute. You're mute, Brother Minister. Assalamu alaikum. To my brother Ben, I'm so thankful to you, mighty soldier and warrior of the truth and the teachings for creating this wonderful power called this. And I'm honored to be a guest on your digital rostrum at this Mobile Moss number one, <laughs> a.k.a. the Power Call. I'm honored to be a guest. And when I seen that you all had taken a, a deeper dive, I said, look, I want to come down there with y'all. You know, we don't want it to end like the Titan in our deep dive. But but we do want to go deep into the teachings. And, and since I seen that you all had unpacked that, I said, I got to come on uh, if you all would have me to see if I can field any questions and maybe uh, offer some new wisdom 
to go with what was delivered then, because I believe that message, uh, Mind Wars, was delivered uh, close to 10 years ago. And hopefully I know a little more now than I knew then on said subject. So I'm honored, Brother Ben. I'm honored to be uh, on, on this digital rostrum at this mobile mosque to share space and time with the mighty warriors that are striving to improve self that we might improve our people and ultimately improve the world. I'm honored to be here and looking forward to this dialogue. Yes, sir. Thank you. I don't know uh, your, your, your video. I don't know if it's just for me, but your video coming in a little choppy audio is perfect. But the uh, but the visual is kind of choppy. Y'all let me know in the comment section if that is the same uh, for you all as well. Uh, okay, they said same here. So I don't know if you can switch Wi-Fi's or come out Wi-Fi or something. But your 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 audio is good, but your your visual is just a little a little choppy behind. All right. Uh, okay, let me see if we can. For those while we wait on him to do that, for those y'all know today is Friday. Uh, we've been having a sister reach out so that y'all can visit your local Muhammad mosque or study group. If you are interested in visiting your local Muhammad mosque and study group and somebody from the nation invited you, get back with them. But if not, be my guest tonight or Sunday by going to www. Uh, noistudygroup.com that's www.noistudygroup.com and we're going to reach back out to you and make sure that uh, you attend your mosque uh, my goal is to have 100 guests in one month come on y'all let me make it happen now uh, 100 guests in one month that is the goal somebody said could, you, could y'all ask questions about the books uh, sure of course he got several books out family he has a well-made man he has before you say i do so for you all who are in that process you see a sister that you got your eye on sisters you see a brother that you got your eye on before you make that decision let's go check out before you say i do if you just got married it'll be a good read for you to check out after you say i do for you black women who don't understand the value of yourself Oh, you've been thinking that you're second class. He got a book called The Black Woman, The Second Self of God. Then he has The Seven Jewels of God. And then he has Let This Mind Be in You. So he got several books that you guys can support over at NuriMuhammad.com. www.NuriMuhammad.com. How, right. how am I looking now, bro, Ben? Uh, let me see. <laughs> It's still still a little choppy. Yep, still a little. I think you you looking a little bit more smoother. Well, I don't think we're gonna be if that's the, it. Looks it look. I think it looks a little better than the last one though. But it's still a little blurry. All right, let me try something else. Yeah. All right, one one more. This is my last. This is my last option. Okay. I'm gonna kick off and kick back on on another device. Okay. But this, no. Uh, see what happens. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, again, for those who are tuning in over on the live, you listen to this on uh, YouTube or Facebook. The way that you can come on this Zoom before this Q&A starts is by going to this that y'all see down there. Text the word nation to 
833-276-7174 is going to kick back a Zoom link and a passcode. So you can feel free to watch on Facebook and YouTube. Tune in. But if you would like to come over to the Zoom and you got something that's been on your heart, man, I really need help with this. I mean, this brother has been a been a guide for many people all over the world, especially when it comes to relationships. So if y'all going through something, man, this is the time to ask, man. Everybody keeps saying, you know, what the nation doing and what the na- well, come on and see and come come get some medicine. You can't be sick and never go to the hospital and say, oh man, these oh nobody do nothing in these hospitals. You ain't never win. You ain't checked in. You ain't fill out no paperwork. You ain't put no band on your arm. You ain't sit in line. You ain't get your pressure taken. Oh, come come on, get your get your blood pressure taken this morning. So come on over and uh ask your questions so that you can get the answers uh to to some things, man. It may be life changing. Uh, again, www.noistudygroup.com for those who would like to be my guests this Friday, uh, well today or Sunday. And brother Wesley has inside of the Telegram. Join the Telegram. This is where we network. This is where we can connect on the back end. Uh, Also, is there anybody in here that may not be able to come on camera this morning, uh, but you would still like a question answered? Just put the number one in the the comment because I know sometimes y'all be at work and y'all can't raise your hand. You can't come on camera or you can't come on the mic. So is that anybody this morning who you know like, man, I really would like to ask somebody. I can't come on the camera this morning. Man, I sure wish I could. All right, here's the instructions. Just like a couple of days ago, all right? Here's the instructions. In the comment section, once we get started, save all comments to yourself unless you have a question, okay? No added statements. Even today, we ain't got to do yes, sir. We ain't got to do all that. Just say yes, sir, to yourself because the team, I got to go back to them and let them ask the questions from the chat. We still want people that's in the chat to be able to Ask a question. Keep these questions respectful. Don't be trolling. You will be deleted or removed. If you don't follow these instructions, family, you will also be removed. And remember, this is a Q&A, so this ain't the time for you to come up and you coming up acting like you got a question, but you're really trying to teach uh, through a statement because we got an audience today, okay? So make sure all of them are questions and let's minimize or pause the, the chat for today uh, only if you have questions questions okay because we want those who can't come on camera and can't come on the mic to still get the opportunity to get their questions answered if possible no tony you cannot talk on youtube you got to come on over to the zoom so just follow the instructions right here text nation to 833-276-7174 all right we're just awaiting uh brother neary so what we're going to do in the meantime but ben what about can you hear me can you see me Yep, we can hear you. So i i didn't went I don't went all the way to I don't went all the way to the original. This just this the phone. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's just it's the phone. I don't I don't know if it's location. I just did this last night, uh, but I was about ten feet over. So okay, is we- it brother brother King Cam said we can we can hear him and you can see me. To me, it looks dark, but that's that's best I can do. Okay, well, we, it, well, it's what you're saying. It ain't how you look. We just need what you're saying, so, so that's cool. <laughs> All right, our first question that we have is going to be from Sister Sheline. Go ahead, Sister Sheline. Okay, hustle, my them, and I'm glad that you were able well, to get back to us. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so you just said, I'm listening to you um, before it began on the Breakfast Club. You stated the greatest attribute of a soldier is adaptability. You also stated whatever you feed the mind, the most wins. Okay, so I'm dealing with a, a mind issue right now. I started on my platform speaking on life after rape. Okay, so, and this is this is what it is that, that my whole focus is now with my audio book, my ebook. But I found out as soon as I started speaking on this, and this, this has been 30 years ago. So now that I've come out to speak on it, it has triggered something in me and I feel myself running and hiding because it's been a couple of weeks since I spoke on it on live. So it seems as though I'm, and I'm not feeding it so that, so it won't win. Right. However, I, it's, it's grabbed my mind and I'm trying to snatch it back so that I can move forward. I don't know what's happening yeah. to my mind right now since this happening. I know I'm Beautiful. strong, but I'm feeling a little weak right now because it just triggered something. I'm fighting, and I need to Beautiful. know what what is happening with my mind right now that I'm stuck. That is a that is a very good uh, question to start this session off. See, my my dear sister, uh, by what you went through in your life, you you desired uh, to help to provide healing for those that are suffering from the same thing you suffered from. But because time has uh, gone between you and the incident, you assumed um, that your avoidance of meant the healing from. And you, you avoided dealing with it because it's not a conscious memory that's at the forefront of your mind. But the minute that you began to activate doing field work to set a platform to talk and listen to heal others that are suffering from the pain that comes from it uh your interaction with them and the subject caused you to realize that you uh may have gotten past it but you have not gotten over it and and that that is a good and a bad thing because you cannot heal what you do not feel and the fact that you feel what you feel and felt what you felt is actually putting you in a better position to help the heal others. So embrace uh, the reigniting of the pain that came from what happened. Embrace it and use it as a uh, touchstone to give you more empathy for those sisters and and unfortunately even little brothers too are in this equation that have been mishandled um by others so you can't hear what you do not feel you feel it now let's go to work on healing but you have to do your your inner um your inner healing uh while you while you are trying to help others so as you are giving advice and counsel to those sisters or brothers that are suffering from or victims of the same kind of abuse, make sure you take your advice personal. Because I know that, that when you are sincere as you are and appear to be, you're going to be fed 
by God himself different things to say to help other people. But know that what the God has given you to say to a person in a circumstance, he may also be giving it to you to use it as a spiritual mirror to help you heal yourself. So this is on the job training. You have you have to go to work on yourself. And remember this, um, that statement, what you feed your mind the most is what wins. Think about this. In physics, there's a law that says two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So the only way that you can have a large amount of negative self-defeating commands still in your mind that ill affects you is if you have not on the opposite side installed enough positive commands that build you up. So start feeding your mind on the beauty and the greatness of the black woman. Start feeding your mind on the power of positive thinking. Thinking positive is the best way to be, period. Things work out best for those who make the best out of how things work out. And that comes from your, your mindset that you bring to every endeavor. So, so thinking positive is the right way to be. How do you know? Because if a person thinks negative, you call them a pessimist. But whenever a person is positive, they're called an optimist. Well, when you want to get your eyes corrected, when you have a vision problem, whether it's nearsighted, farsighted, stigmatism, you go to an optometrist. The word optometrist and optimist come from the same Greek root word. So if I'm going to an optometrist to see things correctly, and if I see things positively, I am an optimist. Married the two principles together is telling us is that thinking positive is the correct way to think. So you you take what you have and and you use what you feel to help you heal because you can't heal what you do not feel and continue to download daily two, three times a day, wisdom, knowledge, understanding on the power of the and greatness of the black woman and the power and the greatness of being positive and seeing things through the optimist perspective. And you'll be strong and you will be able to continue your work not be blocked, but be ignited with more passion to do even more healing for our suffering people. Thank you, sister. Praise be to God. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next question that we have is from Sister Kava. Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Wow. So the sister's question kind of led right into my question. I wanted to ask you about how you have personally and then in generally, how do you um, deal with tragedy and keep relationships together under tragedy? So if you have tragedy that comes about in your life um, and a lot of times tragedy can break up. Or, you know, just put a wedge in relationships. So how would you say is the best way to go about that? 
Well, you know, the the beauty of of being a believer under the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the guidance of the minister is that there's so many subjects that he's taught on and so many scriptures that he's lifted to help you to navigate. Um, there's a scripture, sister, that's found in the Bible that says this, lean not on thine own understanding. I said, wow, lean not on thine. So, so if the God is telling us to not lean on our own understanding, what he's telling us is that our own understanding does not have the ability nor the authority to support us long term. Because when you're leaning on something, you're looking for some support when you're weak. So phase one, when you go through any tragedy, any trial, is number one, realize and recognize that your own understanding does not have the ability or the authority to support you long term. So I can't lean on it because if I lean on something that's weak, it's going to bend, break, and I'm going to fall, hurt myself, possibly die in the process. Then he said, but in all thine ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths and show you the way. Well, acknowledging him, capital H, anytime you see the capital H on he or him in scripture, that is God, not a regular person. So if I am to, in all my ways, acknowledge him, how do I do that? Of course, you can say prayer, but you have to feed your mind on what you know came from his mind. And that is what he spoke through his servants, through his prophets. So you want to, to have a heavy consumption in your spiritual diet of message to the black man, a heavy consumption of all the books of the honorable Elijah Muhammad and a heavy consumption of scripture that, that whenever you are going through a tragedy or a trial, you're not leaning on that which does not have the authority or the ability. You're leaning on something that is guaranteed to keep you up right and long-term support. That's the word of the God himself. So by doing so, you are able to correct your own thinking. Because what happens is that you start saying, well, wait a minute, that, that you know, this, I got a feeling, but feelings are not facts. Facts are facts. What the God said is the way I'm supposed to be. And then remember this. This is something that uh, has always gave strength. Of course, you know that I lost my daughter um, a little over a year ago. And and it's, it's something that uh, I'm trying to get past, but I have not gotten over. I'm still navigating uh, with a broken heart. But, but listen to this. In the Quran, it says that Satan told God that he would get all of the people to deviate. He would break all of the people. And God responded and said, yes, this is true, except for my purified ones. Well, in the Quran, trials purify. So the more trial you go through, the more purified you become, the more purified you become, the more immune you become to the ability of 
Satan to bring you down with him and his world. So once you understand the value of trial, the value of tests, you stop saying to the God, oh, why me? And you start saying to the God, try me. Because if it's going to make me so strong that the devil will not be able to break me, that I will survive all of his tricks, try me. Because what don't kill you really does make you stronger. And whenever you are in a relationship with someone, especially if they're connected to the same tragedy, uh, your job is to, to help each other. You know, when you're up, sometimes they're down and you can pull them up. When you're down, sometimes they're up and they can pull you up. So you feed on one another as the God allows you to help each other out of or through the, the tragedy that you might get a triumph. And, and remember this, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that if your back hurts, work. If you got a headache, work. If you need money, work. If you are rich, keep on working. Whatever the situation or the circumstance is, the medicine that comes from Muhammad is work. So don't allow yourself to sit still and wallow in the pain of a tragedy. Work and work the work of him that has sent you. And if you do that, the more you help other people, the more the God will help you. And you'll find yourself uh, so strong from the trial, from the tragedy, that you'll be immune to Satan and a great warrior for God and the establishment of his way. Sorry for such the long answer. We can't hear you, Brother Ben. My bad. Uh, thank you, Brother Nerd, for that, for that answer. For those who's tuning in on YouTube and Facebook, uh, if you guys want to come over to the Zoom and have a question answered, text the word NATION to 833-276-7174. Next question we have is from Sister Brianna. This question goes well with what you just said. Um, I was listening to a couple of your lectures, right? And... Yesterday, we were talking about roles of male and female. Now, we all have been through things in the past that has affected us negatively, uh, emotionally. How do you know when you have work that you have to do more with just yourself or invite someone? And I'll give a quick example. Like, I feel like I might have abandonment issues, but they're, they've never been to the extent where I'll keep someone in my circle or proximity that isn't beneficial, right? I'm very easy on kicking you out, may check on you later, but I won't allow that energy around me. Um, but how do you know when your past relationships or past experiences um, allows you to do work on yourself other than... Um, I guess with, with someone, I remember you, you saying that all of your problems don't have to be fixed as long as you're on the journey. Does that make sense? I think so. You know, one, one thing that I, I will say to you, 
my sister Brianna and to those that are viewing this is be be very careful uh, allowing your mind to accept these uh, new white man made up uh, labels for for mental condition or for circumstances of life. The enemy loves to label uh, everything as a condition so that they can go to the lab and work out uh, the chemical composition of a drug that will supposedly fix this problem, but of course hurts you other areas and most of the time in the area that they gave you the drug for. So the, the concept and thought about self should always be that I am created in the image and the likeness of God. That means that everything that's true about God is true about me. I'm in the image and the likeness of God. That means that when God looks at me, he sees himself. So when I look at myself, I should see God. I am the direct descendant of the originator of the heavens and the earth. I possess God's genetic makeup, divine DNA, holy heredity and prosperity is built in my plasma. When you accept that ye are all God's children of the most high God, as David the psalmist said in 82 verse 6 of the Psalms, when you accept that, that can come from your enemy to describe the circumstances of life that we have experienced on an acute level that may now become chronic and we decide that I am this, that, and the other. No, you are a God born with the genetic potential to be the master of matter, energy, space, and time. That's what you're born to do. So once you understand that, we're always going to be uh, on the road of self-improvement. There's a hadith or a saying of Prophet Muhammad. Listen to this. He said, man is on the journey of God whenever he's in search of knowledge until he returns. So the minute that someone that is on the search of knowledge returns, they think they've learned it all. And the minute they think they've learned it all is the moment that they're off the path of God. So the process of resurrection is a ever going and ever growing evolutionary process that does not end even when we become a god wow master fad muhammad the example of godship for man listen to what the honorable Elijah muhammad said about him he said that when he left he went away to study well, the only reason you're studying is because you're going to learn something new. And every time you learn something new, you become more powerful than what you were. So how did God study and learn something new? That means that the standard definition of God perfect, that God keeps on perfecting perfection. So we're always going to be. Uh, in 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 an evolutionary process of self-improvement. You don't need past circumstances or uh, past relationships to, to inform you that I need to work on myself and I got more work to do 
we are alive and the evolutionary process of becoming God, God himself is still in it. He is perfecting perfection. So we always are going to be uh, on this journey in search of knowledge. And if we ever come back thinking we got it all, that's the sign that we're off the path of God, which means we'll never become a God. So keep on striving, sister. Don't worry about labels from the enemy and don't worry about uh, looking for past relationship signals. All of us that are present and alive have a present day signal that we need to continue to grow and evolve. And even after we make it to a God, we still got to perfect perfection. Apologies. I asked that question completely wrong. Can I restate it? Sure. Before you ask that question, just want to give a reminder to those who are coming in inside of the chat. It is questions only. You do not have to raise your hand in the chat. Raise your hand using the emoji part so that I can see your hand at the top. The uh, chat for today is only for those who cannot come on the mic, who cannot come on camera and they have questions there. Today, we don't need ad libs. We don't need. Yes, sir. We don't need. That's right. We don't need any additional things in the chat because the team needs to make sure that they're not missing any questions so today if you can please not put anything extra inside of the chat it's only if you have a question and you cannot come on the mic and you cannot come on the camera go ahead sister uh, brianna to rephrase your question thank you so so yes we will always be growing evolving um and god god loves those who seek knowledge but i, I guess the question is um um, so, so yesterday I asked, some people think they have to arrive to, um, want a court or have someone, right? I by no oh. means rush to the altar at all. I've only been in one relationship, <laughs> just joined the nation on Sunday. But, um, some of us feel like we have to be, we have to arrive, right? And our other half helps us be the best version of us. So I guess that's that it, is that better for the question? <laughs> well, of course, you you know you don't have to uh, become your fully developed self before you get into a relationship. You know, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said, "Marriage is one half of faith." And when he described faith, he wasn't talking about the psychological uh, processes of a belief system. He was talking, according to the minister, when he said faith, faith is the journey to become one with God. So if marriage is one half of faith, then what you go through and what you learn from being married gets you halfway to the journey of becoming one with God. Well, if marriage is one half of faith, then we can't wait to become a God till we get married. We need to hurry up and get married to help us become a God. So never allow uh, your imperfections or your lack of to make you think that you're unqualified to be a husband or a wife. No, we all are unqualified and we need each other. The male is not like the female. The female is not like the male. We, we need each other in order to, for us to become whole. I'll give you an example mathematically man uh 
is the is defined as someone that's supposed to be more rational than emotional and as a general rule the female is very sensitive sympathetic empathetic and compassionate so she has uh those positive emotions at the top and and then rational at the bottom well if you look at fractions if you said that man equals r over e and woman equals e over r whenever you are trying to uh add fractions together the first thing you do in multiplication of fractions is if you have a numerator in one fraction that is the same as the denominator in the other one you can cross out the two and put one in their place well if man is r slash e rational slash emotional woman is e slash r emotional slash rational then we can take the r from the numerator cross it out cross out the r and denominator of woman and that's one you can take the e that's over the in woman that's emotion and cross out the denominator of the e in in man now you got one over one and when you have one over one in fractions as a whole number it is one so we come together to help make each other into one. Our book, Quran, Surah 96 says, say he, Allah is one. So the so one is God. So when we come together, we help each other uh, to become a God. I will say this to you, Sister Brianna and those. Remember that whatever kind of mate you want, strive to become what the mate would have as a mate if you want a khadija then you're gonna have to be a farrakhan if you want you a sarah you're gonna have to be a abraham whatever kind of mate you want you have to become and work on becoming the counterpart uh of that that mate and if you spend more energy working on becoming the counterpart of the kind of mate you want you'll find as Allah says in surah 2432 that he is a matchmaker and he will bless you out of his grace with a spouse that is a good mate for you so no you don't have to wait you don't have to wait in fact we need each other in order for us to become one with God it's half the journey and we can help each other become the best versions of ourselves by being married to one another. Yes, sir. Thank you. After Sister Tomorrow's question, we are going to go to not y'all keep your hands ready. We're going to start going back and forth to Brother King Cam so that he can ask questions in the chat. Before Sister Tomorrow, I have a question about um, we're taught where, the, where there are no decent women. There are no decent men where there, there will be no decent men. But on the flip side, we hear every no good woman was made that way by a no good man. So can you give the understanding because there's a balance that needs to be understood in the middle of those two uh, quotes. So can you give the understanding of those two quotes? Well, of course, you know, the, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said both of these quotes that where there are no decent women, there are no decent men as the woman is the first teacher. Then 
He said, there's no such thing as a no good woman. Any no good woman was made that way by no good man. The problem, Brother Ben, is that most of the time, whenever we start looking for the no good man that makes the no good woman, the only thing we look at is a father or uncle or a past boyfriend or ex-husband that did something wrong or abused or misused or did not handle properly a young girl. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that the real no good man that makes a no good woman is not uncle, father, boyfriend, brother, or ex-husband. The real no good man is the white man. Mm. He's the one no good woman. So that we have to take that concept and put the put the charge where it needs to go. Impeach the right person. Uncles and fathers and brothers and ex-husbands and boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, they may have done a few things. But at the end of the day, the real no good man that you must get away from as a black woman is your slave master's children, your open enemy, that Caucasian ruler that that taught us what we believe, that taught us what we think, that gave us the fashion that we wear, that that set up the, the music and the entertainment world to foster in immorality and indecency. That's the no good man that makes the no good woman. So get away from uncle, get away from daddy, get away from, from boyfriend and ex-husband. The real no good man is the white man that makes a no good woman. And if we do that, see, we just trying to stay away from uh, falling in love with the wrong person on an interpersonal level when it comes to the, the part person we're going to choose as our partner or trying to shake what they call daddy issues. All that, that's not going to produce a real good woman. You got to separate yourself from the Caucasian's name, his religion, his culture, his methodology of thinking his educational system and once you get away from that no good man you will become a great great woman praise be to Allah all right let's go over to sister tomorrow assalamualaikum sir walaikum salam saying all is well um I'm pulling from your book the black woman the second self of God um it's a two-part question um, the first one you said in your book, you said, but sisters, uh, so, sometimes you are too weak to make a man child for God because you compromise too much with that, which devalues you. Can you expound on that? And the second one is, can you explain the parable of the rib that's in your book? Wow. Thank you, sister Moore. Thank you for all you do, uh, in the, the social media dropping dropping bombs uh uh, yes, in uh for us and for 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 the truth thank you so much yes, but well, this, this concept see you know we we have to be be careful adding things to ourselves that subtract from us there's certain things that we can add to our mind and add to our life that actually subtract from us being what we're supposed to be. So when a sister 
uh, begins to to add certain habits, whether it's the food that you eat that you know is not the best food, whether it is the conversations you engage in that may not be the best conversations. See, if you can stay away from gossip, from backbiting, from slander, if you can stay away from swine and bad food, if you can stay away from not just toxic food and toxic ideas, but also, I don't want to say stay away from toxic people, but do not allow toxic people to, to cause you to become one. Be, be someone that's a teacher when you are around a toxic person. Be someone that's a healer when you are around a toxic person. Don't go along to get along and end up getting along with what you say that you don't really agree with. So as a, as a, as a woman, to be that kind of strong woman that brings birth to that man child, you cannot compromise your virtue, your self-concept, what you know of your value, you have to, to stay in your, your queendom and you stay in your, your position as the second self of God and you don't step down and eat the diet of a slave. You don't step down and engage in the conversation of the foolish. You don't step down and add to yourself uh, the culture and the fashion of this world that you know demeans and degrades you and causes a man to look at you as a thing instead of or it instead of a she. You stay in your your divine position that God prescribed to you, and that is the second self of God. That story of the woman being created from the rib of Adam. See, we got to get this cartoon mind out of our head when it comes to to scripture the scripture is written in parables and metaphors and similes the reason why the prophets were taught how to use parables and metaphors and similes to describe things is because in order for you to to understand a teachable you have to have a tangible in order for you to understand or grasp the unknown you have to have something that you do know so the God always uses the known to describe the unknown, and he turns tangibles into teachables. So when he said that woman was made from the rib of Adam, we, we got to get this spooky image that God snatched one of Adam's ribs out of his body and stood in the middle of the desert, start spinning around, and all the sand start wrapping around the rib, and hocus pocus, shazam, by some magic show in the middle of the uh, of Africa, bam, a black woman was present. No, rib, rib, the function of rib and the placement of rib is what God was trying to describe to, to help teach the woman where her function and her placement should be. Notice that the rib is not under the foot of man to be trampled on. It's not above the man to ruling. It's right by his side to be the help me. The rib also is the protector of the heart and the lungs. So it is with the black woman. You are the protector of inspiration for a nation and the heart, the symbol of love, the symbol of compassion. You are the guardian 
of the love that we must continue to have and exhibit with one another as a nation of people if we're going to be a healthy body of people. So whenever you as a woman see yourself not above the man, not beneath the man, but right by that man's side and as the guardian of the compassion and the mercy and the love and the inspiration of a nation, then that rib gives you an assignment uh, on, on what you should do to be able to perform well for your family and well for your nation. And then for us as men, you can't make your woman into something other than what she was created by God to be. In order for you to try to make her into something else, you're bending the rib. You can't bend the rib. The ribs don't bend. They're made in the curve that they're made in. Once you start putting pressure going on the opposite direction of the nature of that ribs makeup, you will break that rib and you will cause a problem with inside of the system called family or nation. So it is with the black woman. She was not created by God to be maintainer, to be protector, to be provider. She was not created by God to have to go out in the field and be the hunter and the go-getter and the breadwinner. She was created by God to be the nurturer, the developer, and the one that takes the idea of the man and expands and explodes it and takes it to another level. But the minute that we leave our woman and make her have to operate like a man, we are bending the rib and at a certain point we're going to break that rib and we're going to see that our lung gets punctured or our heart is unprotected and the compassion and inspiration of a nation will die when we make our woman other than what Allah wanted her to be. I hope that answers the question. Wow. Amazing. That's yes. amazing. <laughs> I was over here taking notes for me because you know I post your, your, the words from your books. Your, your your lectures all on social media so praise be to Allah and please give my love to your lovely wife for me well, thank you very much we have 191 people live on the zoom y'all keep it up family this is the highest we have been on the power call so far we nine people away from being at 200 we are at a total of uh, over 300 actually that's actually tuning in right now all over on zoom youtube facebook so a lot of people are getting this wisdom right now but as i always say let's not be negroes brother nuri has taken out his time this morning he did not have to accept uh so go to hashtag i'm not hashtag dollar sign brother nuri if you would like to support the brother via cash app man you know time is money okay uh we do want to do the mission but there is no mystery god all right so dollar sign Brother Nuri, if you all would like to support him via Cash App and www.nurimuhammad.com if you would like to get some of his books. Matter of fact, go buy all of them. Why not if you don't yes, have sir. them? www.nurimuhammad.com. Let's support the brother because he is giving us his time. All right, let's pass it over to Brother King Cam. Uh, go ahead. Who, what's the first question in the chat, Brother King Cam? Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum. Um, so the first question in the chat is from Brother Samuel X. And he said, I heard one minister, not in the nation, that says, if you are divorced and have a living wife, that if you marry again, then you are living in adultery. 
how should we respond to that argument? Well, you don't have to respond to it because that doesn't make much sense. You know, you know, the one of the things that that we want to try our best not to do um, is allow uh, folklore to integrate into the teachings. And folklore is statements that come from a person and their own understanding that are mixed in with the teaching. And we accept it as stable datum or as the teachings. So there's a lot of things that have been passed on um, through sayings and through uh, pioneer this and so forth and so on that that are not parallel or congruent with the teachings or, or the scripture. L listen to this. Once you start mixing speculation with revelation, your innovation will become deviation. So whenever someone offers their personal perspective like that, that is speculation. Revelation says, the Quran tells us, that if you are divorced, it gives you a time period that you should wait before you're married. And it gives that time period to be three months. After three months, then you can go after or choose to marry someone else. It didn't say after you meet, reach the 90 days and get married, no matter what, you still are in adultery because you should have stayed married to the second wife. That is not a footnote from Prophet Muhammad. That's a footnote from Pookie Muhammad. <laughs> and Pookie Muhammad ain't Prophet Muhammad. So the, be careful. Be careful going off them Pookie Muhammad sayings. Uh, so my brother Samuel, no, sir, that is not the case. Uh, I understand the motive behind the brother's talk. He's trying to to try. He's trying to let us know, look, do everything you can to live up to your word. You said when you married her, richer or poor, better or worse than sickness and health to death, do you part? You said that. Do everything you can to to keep your word. Allah does hate divorce, but he still permits it. And if he permits it and then gives a prescribed time of a three month cycle before you marry again, he doesn't consider you to be uh, in adultery if you marry uh, again. No, that's that that speculation that's being mixed with re revelation that will turn our innovation into deviation. So, no, that's not the case. Not thus saith the Lord. Not from Prophet Muhammad. Maybe from Pookie Muhammad it is, but not from the, not from the God. Yes, sir. Thank you. Who's next, Brother King? Can let's go to another one in the chat. Yes, sir. So this is from Sister Alita uh, Champagne. She says, what advice would you have and a lecture to listen to for young adults, 18 to 25, who seek to be successful financially, but not over righteous over righteousness? Well, that's a very good point. And, and I would say this. Um, there was a lecture that I delivered at Moss Mariam that the minister called me about and told me it was a perfect uh, message. And and I, he said more, but I'll just leave it like this. I believe it's out in uh, cyberspace on, uh, on YouTube. It's called uh, Do For Self, From Begging to Building. And, and what it deals with, it deals with our 
relationship to economics in unity as a nation. And it also deals with our relationship uh, we should have with money as, as a person. So there, there is um, coming soon, coming soon. I'm putting something together uh, that's going to be called how to use a dollar. And, and, and that unpacks uh, life skills from the teachings and operating in a way that you live below your means and you, you have a system that you employ. And I will say that I learned it uh, accidentally on purpose by studying over a hundred different books uh, on finances and management and, and business, and then found the system that worked. And by the grace of Allah, uh, you know, I've never worked for a white man, but by Allah's grace, uh, I'm a millionaire now. So that that comes uh, as a result of, you know, supreme mathematics and using mathematical theology in the proper terms. But su suffice it to say, get that lecture and remember this. Follow this rule. Ten, 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 seventy. Ten percent of your money, give it in charity. Ten percent of your money, put it up for a business idea as an investment fund that you intend to, to, to invest within one year. And if you can't figure out what to do in one year, keep stacking. Then 10% you put up as a saving and live your life off of that other percent. When you buy a car, never buy an automobile that gives you a car payment beyond 10% of your monthly income. And when you buy a house, did y'all hear me? When you buy a house, strive to never have a note on your house that is beyond 25 to 30% of your monthly wages. And if you buy a home with a mortgage that only has 25% of what you pay, in other words, whatever you make in a week, that's what you can afford to pay per month for your house. And then you do 10% car payment, you'll be able to follow that 10, 10, 10, 70 rule and you'll always have money available to borrow from yourself in a time of crisis and you'll be living below your means and by doing that with investing you'll find that each time that you make an investment and it bears fruit you'll be able to have more to work with uh over over time and and by the grace of allah you you will arrive there i'm not telling you what i think i'm telling you what i know the house that i live in uh, it is worth now over $730,000 and I paid for it in cash, have no mortgage on the house, the automobiles. I have one car note, but I got three cars and two of them are paid, paid for, but that came from following that, that system, uh, and living below your means and constantly trying to figure out how to invest and save the black man's brain has to be rehardwired right now our brain has happiness connected to spending but we need to pull the wire from happiness out of spending and connect it to saving and investing and when we get more joy off of what we invest and what we save than what we bought and was able to put on the show off in we'll one day have enough 
to even buy the things that we want to show off in and still uh, live a life with 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 a minimum amount of financial stress on your brain. But it takes that system. That's how you use a dollar. But check out uh, that that lecture and um, follow that formula. And by the grace of Allah, I guarantee you it will work. Praise be to Allah. Did y'all hear that? Come on, man. man Give it up. A hand clap of praise for oh, that one. Oh, brother. man. That's what I'm talking about. Millionaire, 700,000 paid off no mortgage. That's what we like to hear. I don't know about y'all. I don't know y'all get cringy with numbers, man. I love to hear it. I hope he become a billionaire. That's what we should want, man. The God said luxury, money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. And look what he's known for. The word. Look what he's known for guiding people. Look what he's known for uplifting the black man and woman. So if we say we don't have an example. If we think the only way to get it is to go out there and be a rapper and to be ratchet and to do this now, because honestly, a lot of them ain't got that behind the scene. There's is rented. It's coming from uh, money that they got to recoup back. It's a loan. So listen, man, we got somebody in the teachings. That's a living example for us. Outside of the Honorable Minister Lewis Frog, because I know how we think. Well, you know, that's just, I mean, I know the minister could do it. I don't know about me. As Brother Young Khan Don said, man, we see the God in everybody else but ourselves. So all praise is due to Allah, man. That's great news, good news. Let's follow that system. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that happened over time, family. And listen, it, it's not going to be in four weeks. Oh, brother, I followed okay. the 10, 10, 10, 70 for three weeks. I ain't got nothing yet. Man, it's going to take some time, man. You just starting. So all praises due to Allah for that beautiful example. Let's go one more comment from Brother King. I mean, one more question from Brother King Cam. Then we're going to go back to the hands. Yes, sir. So the next question is from Shaheen. Peace. Can you speak on the Farrakhan Regiment? He did on a black sheep interview and also speak on relationship where he told the woman that they will never find the man of their dreams. The dream is inside the man. And you also dealt with capabilities physically, mentally, and spiritually. Thanks. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I'll consolidate the answer. Um, the, the, I call it the Farrakhan regiment and, um, you know, most most of us, Brother King Cam and to my brother that asked that question, most of us complain about there's just not enough time in the day to be able to do everything you need to do. How am I going to be able to do what I'm supposed to do for the mission, for my family, and do what I need to do to take care of my pocket? And I still got to cut the grass and fix this and deal with that and handle these problems. It just ain't enough time in the day. Well, the real truth is... It is enough time in the day. The question is, do you have enough day in your time? Which means how much energy do you bring to, to the day and how early do you start your day to be able to exploit the maximum uh, time of expression that's available? Listen to, to the, the Farrakhan regimen. He says that he wakes up every day between two and three o'clock in the morning. And then he begins to pray and study. And then he engages in a workout routine that lasts sometime in the hours. Now, this is before 
his condition uh, of his legs currently. But but because of his regiment, he picked up the violin, became a master of the violin. And at the same time, at over 60 years of age, was bench pressing 400 pounds and deadlifting nearly 600 pounds and squatting 500 and some odd pounds over 60 plus years of age. So he said that from 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. is all self-improvement, his prayer. He's studying the lessons and the scripture. He's he's exercising and he's practicing his violin. And then at 10 o'clock, he begins his work day making calls and fielding problems from around the world. And he carries on that up into dinner time, each dinner, and then closes out his day at around 9 p.m. every day and repeats that cycle. So that's the Farrakhan regimen. He's got enough day in his time, which gives him enough time in his day to make it happen. The minister told the sisters once, and of course, this can be uh, universally applied on our side to his brothers. He says, sisters, you did not marry the man of your dreams. The man of your dreams is inside the man that you marry. Get to mining him out. Well, you know, we don't have time to go into all of that, but go study what it takes to mine something of value out of the earth. Go study what do gold miners and what do diamond miners have to go through. It's a lot of hard work. You got to send a canary down into the mine. A very gentle bird. That should temper the kind of speech we have when we communicate with the one we call our husband or our wife. You have to have on a hard hat because you might suffer from some rocks that might fall as you're on the journey of mining. Well, sometimes you can get hurt and offended in a relationship, but but if you got a helmet on, it won't hurt you too bad. You also have to have a light on your helmet, which means you have to have knowledge and wisdom in your head so that in the mining process, you're not just haphazardly swinging an ice pick. You're carefully hitting the thing at the right time in the right space in order for you to get the right result. So it is when it comes to male and female relationships. You have to find a way to be a divine miner, to see that everything you're looking for in a woman is in the woman that you have. And everything you're looking for in a man is in the man that you have. But you have to have the speech and the care like the soft canary does. You have to have the wisdom in your mind and you have to have the ability to be hurt and offended without being hurt and offended. And you have to be strategic uh, as you go through the mind and make sure that you learn how to hit the mind at the right place and at the right time to get the right result. And once you learn that about each other, then you'll start uh, uh, learning how through suggestions, through an indirect statement, how you could do things and say things that spark in somebody the desire for them to manifest uh, what, what you're looking for. But it, but that is what the minister said to the sisters, and I'm sure we can cross-apply uh, it on our side 
as brothers. It can be done. The other uh, part of the the question, I can't remember what that last part was. It was something, it was the word, but King Cam, what did he say? Uh, hold on. He said, um, something about attributes, characteristics, or something along those lines. Oh, yes. He said the dream is inside the man, and you also dealt with capabilities physically, mentally, and spiritually. Right. Well, that capabilities. So, you know, well, remember this, that the first ability is dependability. The first ability is dependability. That, so you, you, have, you have to be uh, dependable. So in order for you to develop your capabilities, whether it's in the Farrakhan Regiment or whether it's the mining process, you have to be dependable yourself, consistent at doing what you should do, and your word means something. So, so once you put your word out there, look at, listen to this. The minister said when you put out your word and you make your word bond, you strengthen your character. But every time you give your word and you don't follow through, you diminish your character. And character it really is what produces uh, your future. We, we don't have what we don't or what we want for the most part, because we're not constitutionally fit to handle what we're asking the God for. And what makes man constitutionally fit to handle the blessings we're asking God for is the right kind of character. How trustworthy, how honorable, how honest are we to be able to carry and handle the treasures of the great blessings that Allah has for us or that we're asking him for. So those capabilities start off with that dependability and it helps you to develop all those other traits that you need to become constitutionally fit for the promise of God and the prayers that we ask the God for in the terms of blessings. And once we get that right, my brother, you'll find it easy to be a divine miner and you'll be inspired to wake up and work that Farrakhan regiment. Praise be to Allah. Uh, and if brother near, if we run out of time, just, just, just let us know. Uh, we got 194. We almost there, friend. We need six more people, man, to have 200 people live tuned in to these teachings. Brother Ben Willard, you up next. What's your question? And and by the way, Sister Randisha just reminded us, let's keep it to one question each so we can get to as many people as possible, please. Uh, peace, fam. Peace, Brother Nuri. So you peace. mentioned... Yeah, yes, sir. So you mentioned in a past lecture, I believe the battlefield of the mind, you know, when you quoted the messenger, you know, when the messenger said that the root problem of our people is spiritual, you know, that necessitates a spiritual solution. So, you know, could you explain, you know, the practical steps that one could take, you know, to uh, uh, achieve a certain level of spirituality so that I can be a uh, 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 part of the solution? That's beautiful. Well, that is true. Uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the root of our problem is a spiritual problem that necessitates a spiritual solution. Well, when we think in the terms of the spiritual, you have in order to become that there's things that must be downloaded. But there's also 
spiritual activities that must be engaged in in order for us to become a spiritual being. The, the download to make man spiritual is to feed the mind on the spiritual word. So if faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, and then, then the more we download a scripture into our mind, and, and the beauty of life is that life always presents us with situations, circumstances, and problems. And whatever the nature of that situation, a circumstance, or problem is, you can categorize it. Let's say it's relationship problem. Whatever the problem is, then you should be able to, to pull out your, your phone and, and Google Bible verses or Quran verses that deal with that subject. And then you begin to download those scriptures into your mind. That's giving you more of a spiritual mind. Then, of course, anything you get ready to do. There's a verse in the Quran that says, say not to anything that I would do this tomorrow, except if it be. I told you where you told me this. Hold on one second. Somebody getting in trouble. Hold on. Let me mute them up. Somebody got somebody somebody got jammed up on the call. <laughs> <laughs> but tell him, Daddy, I'm in here doing something good this time with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but point point is, is so so now you you know that that say not to anything that I would do this except if it be the will of God. So every time, see what makes you spiritual is that before you engage in anything, you communicate with the God. We do, we do a good job praying when we're getting ready to eat food. And we should pray before we eat food, especially as messed up as the food is in this world. Now, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't figured it out, Brother Ben, but every time I go out to eat, I don't see nobody pray except for over the main meal. They eat the bread, they drink the lemonade, they drink the water and the appetizer. Don't nobody pray over it. I don't understand that. We got we pray over the lemonade, pray over the appetizer. But but you should engage in talking to the God before you do any endeavor. Nothing wrong with with saying Bismillah, which means Allah, God, in your name, I'm asking for your help right before you put the car in drive. And the more we request Allah's assistance in all things we do per day, we become more spiritual. Then, of course, the way you become like God is you have to do the things God does. God is a giver. So the more you are willing to give of yourself, your time, your talent, your energy, your finance, to help your suffering people, the more like God you are acting, and he is the highest expression of spiritual being. So doing what God does make you spiritual. Feeding your mind the word of God makes you spiritual. Praying before you engage in any activity, small and large, will make you more spiritual. If we do that, then we will be nipping all of our problems, as they say, in the bud, at the root, not on the branch or at the fruit, 
but we'll nip it at the root. And when you fix something at the root, not only does it go away, it goes away forever. When you clip something by the branch or even by the trunk, it goes away temporarily, but it'll grow back again. So fixing things at the root is the way we permanently repair or permanently get rid of. And since the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the root of our problem is a spiritual one, we got to put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into that spiritual development. Notice all those things that I said didn't require no eight or 10 or 12 hours of your day. You can say a prayer quickly before you do any activity and it takes up none of your time. No extra moments are necessary. You don't need to study the scripture or the word of God, but an hour a day. So said the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that is the requisite time period of study in order for you to have in your mind the adequate knowledge you need to, to push off of you and repel the forces of evil that exist in this world one hour a day. And as a Muslim, if you made all your five daily prayers, the majority of them is three rakahs. The most is four rakahs. The morning is two rakahs. The average time of prayer is about seven minutes. So if you made all your daily prayers, that's 35 minutes a day of prayer. If you studied for one hour, that's one hour. And it's as you moved around in the world, you operated as a giver like a God. Then you wouldn't have to put forth, but maybe a couple of hours a day towards spiritual development. And you would have uprooted all of the problems that exist inside of man. So that's the math. Uh, uh, my brother, that's how we really work that formula and solve the root of all of our problems. Become spiritual by feeding the mind the spiritual, acting like God, who is the highest expression of spiritual by being a giver and saying a little short prayer before we engage in every activity. Uh, we will definitely find ourselves spiritual. Praise be to Allah. Brother, uh, uh, yes, brother, brother got my Brother Jabari, brother Jabari. Assalamu alaikum, family. <clears throat> Wa alaikum salam, sir. Um, brother Neri, because of my infidelity, what are some steps I can take in restoring my family? We got a real bad disconnection right now, and it's all on me. But what are some steps I can take to restore that? And how do I deal with her not trusting me? Well, this is the, you know, I, I can hear my brother uh, Jabari. I hear the uh, pain in your voice for the disappointment that you caused to God, yourself and uh, to, to your family. The, the sister has to be willing to actually forgive you. And she's not obligated to forgive you if she doesn't want to but if she says you know what i'm going to forgive you give you another chance we're going to try to work through this then now she has to start wrestling with her own uh pain that came from the moment and not allow everything that that she thinks led to infidelity in the past 
if she sees you gone, sees you absent, not answering your phone, whatever she she thinks caused it. Uh, if she sees that manifest now, she can't always jump to the conclusion that you cheating again. So that that on that's, that's phase one. If she's willing to forgive you and move on, then she has to have somewhat of an internal battle with herself that she doesn't continue to allow everything that she uh, sees you do in the present that looks like something you may have done in the past think it's going to lead to the negative that it did in the past she got to wrestle with that a little bit number two on your part you have to now be patient the jews uh told the minister unjustly that 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 we need to watch you for a protracted period of time x y and z to see well the minister never said anything wrong or untruthful about them to even be watched but that formula see you have to now say man i messed up bad and big and if she's willing to forgive me i'm willing to go through a protracted period of time where i can re-earn that trust i don't know how long it will take and neither do you but you have to engage in operating uh, in a trustworthy manner moving forward for a protracted period of time. And by doing so, you will, by the grace of Allah, uh, re-earn that trust. It'll be good for you to say, look, here's the passcode to my phone. You can look at it anytime you want. This is what I learned from my mistake. And this is why I will not make that mistake again. And then and then you step out there and you make your word, your bond consistently and with the help of Allah by moving forward for a protracted period of time operating in trust, you will regain that trust. But if she's willing to forgive and really move on, it can be worked out. But if in her mind she knows that I'll never be able to get over I'll never love you the same again. Then that sister needs to say it's over. And I don't want to be unjust to myself nor to you by holding you hostage in a relationship that I know will never be what it was or what it should be because I will never have the feelings that I used to have for you or trust you like I did before. If she feels like that in her heart, then she shouldn't hold you hostage. She should move on and you should do the same. But if she feels like that I can forgive and it's going to take me some time, but I think we can get back and it can be done. I know several relationships that had infidelity present at some point in time and they are today living their happily ever after. So it is possible, but it's her that has to agree to not attack you every time, but to fight her own thoughts. And it's you that has to be patient enough to operate for a protracted period of time moving forward in trust until you regain that trust. And if both of you all are willing to do that, then inshallah, the wound will be healed and you all will have your happily ever after.
Yes, sir. Next, Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum, family. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my question is kind of brief as well. Um, in my fallen state, I've taken on a lot of responsibilities that really aren't mine. Uh, where can I look in the Quran to kind of give me, I guess, that encouragement to overcome the guilt that I may feel from detaching myself from relationships and responsibilities that really weren't mine, but I took them on as, I guess, feeling like a uh, a savior in a way. But where can I look to kind of relieve that guilt that I feel when detaching myself from things that, that really aren't my responsibility and also in the betterment of myself and my, my cleaning myself up? Well, that's a very, very good question. Uh, by Brother Wesley. Th think about this. The Holy Quran says that no soul can bear the burden of another. No, not one, not even if it be a blood relative or a near of kin. No soul can bear the burden of another. So you're not responsible. And Muhammad uh, had to be told this too. See, it's impossible to be a savior and be born to be a savior and not feel a sense of responsibility toward everyone that needs to be saved. So Muhammad had to be told uh, by Allah in the Quran to help check him because whenever you're trying to give people a perfect word, you're trying to help them out of a circumstance that you, you know you can help them out of, but they don't want to apply it. Uh, to the full extent, then it can cause disappointment, uh, frustration, and and bring you into depression if you're not careful. So, so Muhammad was told by Allah, listen to this. He said, you are the messenger. You are not the custodian of any of these men. You are the messenger of God. In other words, you're not, you're not responsible uh, for them. So my spirit to keep balance, this is my little formula I try to work on myself because I'm telling you personally, every time I watch the news locally and nationally and I hear about a young brother that was killed, I'm hurt for the one that was killed. I'm hurt for the family of that one. And I'm even hurt for the one that probably did the killing out of ignorance and self-hatred. So I feel a personal indictment. Because uh, I should have got to them before they got to doing what they were doing. But what I try to tell myself is this. All that you have to offer is your example and your explanation. And if you don't feel like that you are winning the people that you feel responsible for to the extent that you should be winning them, then you need to improve on your example and improve on your explanation. And if you become better and learn how to say it better, you'll be more effective uh, at dealing with your people. So that, that uh, temper that your mind with that, you know, fine tune your example and explanation that'll make you more effective, but always remember no soul can bear the burden of another. You're not the custodian. Uh, of any of these men. I can't say you are the messenger of God, but you are uh, one that should set an example and give an explanation. And the more you fine tune it, the more effective uh, you'll be at it. But, but that, that, that aspect of example, 
being what you want to see is so powerful because even if people don't absorb or follow the example, you still benefit because you became who you were supposed to become. And that's the way that God uh, uh, writes it. And the minister told us that the best and only way to produce change in others is to lead by example. And nothing speaks louder than an example. So you keep on uh, using the uh, failure or disappointment in trying to, to save your people as motivation to fine tune your example and your explanation. Uh, and by the grace of Allah, as time goes on, you'll, you'll be able to magnetize them to follow the system that you know will solve all their problems instead of you trying to go and do, you know, crisis management for every specific incident in people's life. Now connect them to a body of knowledge and they can do their own crisis managed for their own incidents in life with the supreme wisdom God gave the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Yes, sir. Next, we have Sister TT. Remember, family, one question, one question at a time. We have uh, until 10 a.m. when the power call ends. So, Sister TT, go ahead with your call. I mean, <laughs> with your question. Oh, is, is there a way we as black women can help the black um, men understand that we're the second self of God so that they will no longer disrespect us as black women? Yes, ma'am. You know, the beauty of the wisdom of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, listen to these statements. He said that the black woman is the second self of God. He said that that mother is the first nurse, the first doctor, the first teacher. The minister says it like this. He said, mama is God in baby language. We said it earlier. There's no such thing as a no good woman. Any no good woman was made that way by a no good man. You are the second self of God. But remember my dear sister and sisters, you train other people how to treat you by the way you treat yourself. So the kind of respect that you want from the man, you have to show it to yourself and to your fellow sisters. And the more you show yourself to be that second self of God, the more you listen to me. The more you come off that clearance rack and get back behind the glass where the real valuable stuff is at, the more you take your own self-worth as a non-negotiable, then you'll stop giving men discounts. And once you see yourself and treat yourself the way that God said you were, then you'll see that the man will conform uh, to it. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, he said, no people will ever respect another people who don't first show respect for themselves. That is demanding respect from the white man. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad saying we're not getting it until we start first respecting ourselves. Bring that down to an interpersonal. The black woman will never be honored and respected the way she should by men 
until she first begins to honor and respect herself and her fellow sisters. You teach men how to treat you by the way that you treat yourself. So phase one, phase one is start treating yourself right. Start dressing the way that you know would be pleasing to God, not to the low level of a man. Start talking, start communicating, start operating with love and respect for self and each other as women. And you'll find that men will conform with the way you demand of them by the way that you treat yourself. So that's phase one, my sister. And uh, I'm just going to leave it like that because you do that, you might not even need a phase two. I think we'll come in line. Praise be to Allah. Brother, uh, is it D-Lo? D-Lo. Going once. Is it D-Lo? It wasn't D-Lo, it was a D-Hot. <laughs> All right. All right, let's... I don't, I don't see him. Let's go to Sister Golda. Brother West reminded she couldn't put her hand on Sister Golda. Sister Golda, going once. Going I'm here. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Good, uh, Sister Golda. Good to see you. First and foremost, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Brother Ben. Um, so my question is from your book, The Seven Jewels of God. So there is a section where you talk about the law of actualization and the law of realization. And then you give a great example talking about Jesus giving sight to the blind, but it wasn't him actually just blind. It was actually his perspective that needed to be changed. But can you expound more on that concept just just for me to fully grasp the, the idea of the law of actualization versus the law of realization? Well, the, that's a very good question. Of course, my sister is lifting the, the verse where, you know, Jesus was giving credit to healing uh, a man that was blind. And in the scripture, Jesus made uh, 1,900 statements and spoke mm -hmm. on 100 different subjects. 71 commandments he gave out to man. He said, 41 things about himself, put his disciples on on 41 missions and was given credit for performing 40 miracles. Mm -hmm. And out of all the miracles that he performed, none of them except for really, they say two, but really one was him actually touching somebody to heal them. For the rest of the healing, he taught them something and they became well. And mm -hmm. I was used the example because the two examples are one uh, uh, Simon Peter's mother was was ill and Jesus went to heal her and the other was Jesus took his hand and wiped spittle on someone's eyes and and they were blessed with sight but in that verse uh, Jesus asked the man how do you see men and the man that was supposed to be blind responded, I see men as trees. Well, wait a minute. If you're all the way blind you and somebody asks you, how do you see men? You would take that as sarcasm because if I'm blind, I don't see men. I don't see nothing. But the fact that he said, I see men as trees means what? Tree is bigger 
than man. So I see people as being greater than what they are, which means I see myself as being less than I should see myself. So when Jesus said to the man, he said he wiped spittle on his eyes. Spittle is the white foam that develops in your mouth whenever you're doing lectures. So what Jesus is saying, I didn't wipe spittle on his eyes, spit from my mouth. I spoke something. I taught him something. And then he asked the man, how now do you see men? And the man said, I see men as they are. So it wasn't something wrong with his two eyes. It was something wrong with his third eye. It was his mind's eye. He could see well, but his perception was damaged. And what we were dealing with in the seven jewels of God is that that is one of the major impediments of us as a people, we we can see good with the physical eye, but how good can we see with the third eye? And if we were to ask us, how do we see men? Most of us see others as bigger than what they are, which means we see ourselves as being smaller than who we are. So self-hatred, poor self-worth, low self-esteem is the standard operating procedure of the black man's psyche. So so that has to be overruled in order for you to actually actualize. Actualization is the ability to see your vision on the big screen of your mind and feel it like it already is tangible. The minute that you can feel and see something as it is real, then you set up to bring it into reality and your realization uh, of that thing will will materialize over time. So it starts with you have to see yourself properly and you have to make sure you don't see yourself as way down and everybody else is way up. You got to see yourself as being, as we told the sister, the, the second self of God, direct descendant of God, possessor of God's genetic makeup, holy heredity and, and prosperities in your plasma. And, and, and you, you have uh, divine DNA. When you see yourself as having that kind of power, the ability to conquer matter, energy, space, and time, then it makes it easy for you to actualize what you visualize, which means you can feel it and see it. And if you can feel it and see it on the big screen of your mind, you can put your hands to work to bring it into existence and you can have a realization of your actualization that started off as a visualization. That's what we were trying to explain. I hope that answers your question. Praise be to Allah. Yes, sir, you did. Thank you. Family, if you would like to support Brother Nuri via Cash App, dollar sign, Brother Nuri, support him for his time. Also, get his books from www.nurimuhammad.com. We have less than 15 minutes left. If you would like to attend and be my guest this Friday or this Sunday, go to www.noistudygroup.com. One of our team is going to be able to reach out to you and help you locate your Muhammad Mosque or study group and give you the instructions thereof. Next, we got Sister Tiana. Then we're going to pass it over to Brother King Cam. Get some from the chat before we close out. Uh, Sister Tiana. Ooh. Assalamu alaikum. It's been a powerful. Uh, <laughs> it's been a powerful call. I would come on the screen, but um, I'm not looking right right now. But I had a question for a long time. I had my hand raised for a long time. My arm hurt. But no, um, I was saying 
you a, a sister asked this a question you touched on a little bit earlier in the call um but i have i have two parts i know you said one question but i'm a, i'm gonna make this quick so um now if you get now if you get muted that, was, that wasn't me <laughs> oh gosh oh yeah i forgot it'd be disrespectful brothers and sisters they be wrapping people up okay so look for the brothers and sisters that are single and preparing themselves and healing themselves um, for their partner, their their mate, their other self, um, how do you prepare yourself for um, marriage, you know, and a new relationship? And I know that you said that you don't have to be all the way healed, you know, so that was something that I... Um, that was a that was a good point that um was mentioned so you don't have to be all the way healed but how do you prepare um and 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 trying to marry someone and um the other part is for the brothers and sisters that has been married for um a good amount of time and they don't necessarily know when it's a wrap you know like when do they throw the towel in and and it's um when is is yeah you know when when the patience has run out or they 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 tried everything and um when do they just throw the towel in salam alaikum alaikum salam well no retreat no surrender so you know at the end of the day um uh the first phase of the question you know how does one prepare themselves for marriage this, this is a simple formula of course, you know that that striving to be pleasing to Allah God, the most high, if you operate in a way where you set your goal to be pleasing to him, what would make Allah God proud of me pleasing to him? Then you know that there's an old saying that if you shoot for the stars, you always at least get to the moon reason that is the saying is because the stars in our universe are much higher uh, than the moon is. So if you're shooting for the object of pleasing Allah God, who is the most high, then any man that is on that journey in the universe is much lower than the most high. He would definitely uh, be happy to have you as a mate. But the best methodology in practical form See, you have to make a list of what does the ideal man look like to you. And when you make that list to determine compatibility uh, of a mate, at the top of the list should be spiritual ingredients. And if you're looking for the ingredients that should be at the top of your spiritual list, check out chapter 33 of the Quran in the 35th verse. And, and there are 10 spiritual traits that that show you what a a good good positive believing man and woman looks like and you make them the top then you list your personality traits and then you can start putting all the other little uh physical things here and there or whatever at, at the bottom then take your sheet uh my sister and 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 look at this man that you call the ideal man and then you say, because I'm you going to be the what the mate. Well, whenever you have a 
blue size nine and a half Air Force One. The mate to it is the shoe on the other foot. That's the exact color and measurement of. So you got to ask yourself, what is a mate look like to this man that I call an ideal man? Now, what does that woman look like? Aha. She's this, that, and the other. She's all of that. She's this. And then now you ask yourself, wait a minute. How much of me is on this page right here I'm looking at? Do I have any improvements to make? And then once you start going to work with trying to enhance or develop those traits that you think would make you the perfect mate for the ideal man you're looking for, then you're in the process of preparation for that kind of partner to be in your life. And you don't have to go out looking for him and you don't have to scroll down to find him. The God himself tells you in the Quran in the 24th chapter that he will bless you out of his grace with a spouse. So he's a matchmaker. He'll find the one for you if you become the one for him. And the way you become the one for him is describing the him that you call the ideal man and ask yourself, what is the ideal mate for my ideal man? How much of that am I already? And what do I need improvements of? Get to work on improving it. And you are engaged in a proper preparation that when you get married will prevent a poor performance. Don't don't try to break off of a relationship just because the feelings aren't the way they used to be. Simple rule. Remember, whatever you do to get a thing, you have to do to keep it. Whatever you do to get a thing, you have to do to keep it. Before you give up on that relationship, ask yourself, what did I do to win them over? Man, am I still like that? Am I as patient as I used to be? Do I talk like I used to talk? Do, do I still prepare? Am I still doing the things that I used to do the way I used to do it? No, I'm not. Let me return back to that kind, considerate, that giving, that loving person I once was when I was trying to win them over. And let me see if me being like that will activate in them the person they were they were when they were trying to win me. And normally, if one of them starts doing the 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 way they were to win, the other does the same. And you go from courtship to get married to now you're engaged in courtship after marriage. And that's what keeps the bond strong. So try that out before you walk away. But no man, no woman can tell you uh, when you're at your end, when somebody's done so much that they've offended you or that, that, that you have reached that point where you believe it's a point of no return. Only you can make that decision. You, all, you have your own threshold. Uh, for pain, you have your own threshold for forgiveness. You, that's you. You gotta, you have to determine that for yourself. But before you do determine it, go back to being the you you were when you were winning them, and see if you can activate in them the person they were when they were trying to win you and engage in courtship after marriage. And watch, ninety nine percent of the time, everything comes back into harmony balance and love, peace and happiness will be in that household.
Yes, sir. All right, let's go to Brother King Camp uh, to a question from the chat. Yes, sir. So this is from Brother Davon X. He says, how do you go about being in a relationship with someone who doesn't believe the same faith as you? It's a bit challenging being in the nation and your partner doesn't believe. I try not to preach to her, but at the same time, I want her to fully understand me. And I don't think that's possible if you don't understand that in which I believe. Well, this is this goes back again to what my brother Wesley asked earlier. See, the all you have is your example and your explanation. The the problem with us a lot of times is when we're handling people that we are close to, we don't operate with the same due diligence or the same patience we do to the regular stranger that we call lost found in the street. If a stranger in the street rebuttals what we say we'll be patient and we'll say yes yes ma'am yes sir but you also want to consider this that and the other we'll 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 take time but when we're close to people we feel like just off the fact that i am who i am you supposed to be who you supposed to be you supposed to i don't have to i shouldn't have to do the whole lot of explaining and a whole lot of proving i don't need to give you no verses a lie is god sister he came in a person of mass. You mass I ain't going to have no spook, spook worshiping mystery. God believing in woman raising my children. See, see, you don't you have to operate with the same due diligence and the patience you would have with people that are close to you like you do with the people that are not close to you in the street and and offer explanation, offer teaching uh, in order for you to do it and keep fine tuning your example and your explanation. And when you do so, they'll naturally gravitate towards you. If you are a man, it is a difference between a man that is married to a woman that does not believe versus a woman that's married to a man. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, why is it different? He said, because it is in the nature of the woman to want to equal herself up to her man. But it is not in the nature of the man to want to equal himself up to the woman. He feels like just because he's a man, he's already above. So when you are a woman that believes with a disbelieving man, you're going to have a harder battle to get him to try to come and equal himself up to you. Because in his mind, he's already great. He's already the, the ruler. But whenever you are a man, if you operate with the right kind of example and with the right kind of explanation, you do the due diligence in explaining and providing evidence for in your conversations. And number one, you make sure that you are a good example of what you want them to be. Then you'll find that it is in their nature to want to equal themselves up to the man and you'll win them over. It's going to be very hard if you have two different systems that you all are drawn from as a source of reference to solve a problem. See, if you if you come and you say, well, you know, baby, I, the reason why we don't do that and we don't want to, you know, feed feed the children like that or, or, you know, call them kids. We don't we don't use that kind of language. Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that a kid is a baby goat. And it, it, if you feed them like this, it'll mess up their ability to find their purpose. And then she says to you, 
Well, Elijah Muhammad ain't none of my messenger. That's that's who you think is the messenger. My pastor said to me, oh, man, you got problems. Because anytime you got somebody willing to throw up Reverend Chickenfoot or Pastor Porkchop or Bishop Hogmaw up there with the messenger and say, I'm not going to listen to what you said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said because my pastor said that's going to be a very big challenge to be able to overcome. But keep on fine-tuning your example and explanation. Do the due diligence by providing facts and evidence and operate with the same patience with those that are close to you as you do with those who are not. And you'll find that you'll normally win them over to the way of good. Yes, sir. We have reached our time, family, 10 a.m., but I'm oh. going to ask for an exception. We got the great young Khan the Don on the line with us today man this is my big brother so i want to end it off with a question from brother young khan the don assalamu alaikum alaikum salam good to see the you mighty, my brother the, the, the mighty brother nuri muhammad man first of all i want to just real quick commend you for the phenomenal job that you have been doing and continue to do brother and my question, I'm going to get to it real quick. We are taught that of all studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. So with these few moments, I would like for you to express what it was like growing up as a young soldier in the Nation of Islam. Uh, because one of the things I'm most proud of is the fact I brag on it all the time and I'm going to keep on doing it is I was your captain. You joined right. this mighty nation, brother. And I was blessed to be your captain. So every time I see you do something, every platform I see you on, it warms my heart and it lets me know that my work was not in vain and it's still not in vain. So could you kind of just go into a little bit of what it was like growing up as a young soldier, especially for those who are aspiring to be in the ministry and to be a teacher such as they see you doing? Well, all praise is due to Allah. You know, you are the original M1. So Muhammad won. So I thank Allah for you. Uh, and you played such a, a pivotal role and a foundational role in the history that you're speaking of in the development. Of course, I came to the ranks uh, as a teenager, 17 years old, and I was put out of the house for being a Muslim. Uh, and I lived in the the house that we called the uh, you know, white house and and of course the only other person that lived there was you so we lived together and i was thankful to a lot to be able to have you as a human dictionary for the teachings to help to learn uh the breakdown of the teachings and the scripture and how to read the scripture but i and and i believe that brother damon can testify to it I was so hurt when I first came in contact with the teachings that I didn't know the teachings and that I had been living 17 years of my life absent the knowledge that Allah gave to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and to the minister. So I studied eight to 10 hours a day uh, trying to really make up for lost time. And while I was in school, I still came home to study. I soldiered. I came to every mass meeting uh i was selling a thousand final calls uh, issue for two years straight 
soldiering, fishing, studying. And and I committed myself uh, like that as a young soldier, and it lasted all the way into the ministry. And I strive to still do those same uh, that same kind of commitment in 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 different areas for the for the same cause. But that great history of coming up, uh, being able to to have an example like you, uh, brother Damon, to to show and prove and teach and answer questions and hold your hand and walk you through the process of striving to become uh, a God. I'm very appreciative of it, but that's how I came up uh, young, uh, not, not believing that study would get, get it, but work would. So I tried my best to study a lot and work even more uh, the cause. And I'm thankful to Allah. For, for you and, of course, Brother Aziz and all of the, the soldiers that breathe life into this young uh, brother that, that I'm still fueled by and feed on counsel, advice and words and methodology that I learned of study and application of the teachings that I acquired from you, my brother, Young Khan, the Don. I'm still feeding on that. Uh, to this very day, and I salute you and put my hand on my heart for my love and respect for you and for those soldiers that were were there at the initial stages of my teenage years, being big brothers and being uncles and helping uh, to navigate to become whatever Allah has blessed me to be at this current uh, junction in history. And I'm honored. I'm honored that you would be on the call with us and you would put that question out there. Love you much, mighty warrior. May Allah continue to bless you. Love you too, man. Keep doing the awesome work you're doing. And I know you put a smile on our father's face, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, all the time. See, Brother Nuri, I try to tell them, man, we go back. They don't understand. that They, they don't understand. Brother Damon 1 and Brother Damon 2X. They don't know we go back oh, like that. So I just they don't know about, about the snakes sliding in them leather trench coats. Come on, man. I wanted to get it officially <laughs> on the record so they would know this is my man. We go back like recliners, y'all. I'm telling y'all, man. So salute to you and please give your wife and your family the greetings, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, brother Ben. Alaikum. All right, brother Neri. Well, we definitely appreciate you for giving us your time this morning beautiful answers uh thank you all for the questions again support this brother y'all don't be negroes dollar sign brother nuri on cash shopping www.nurimuhammad.com to get the books i got the books before you see i do after you see i do seven jewels i got to get the other ones but i got picked those up at savings day so make sure y'all go to www.nurimuhammad.com and please uh support this brother for offering his time, family. Brother Nuri, do you have any closing words that you would like to share? I just would say thank you for uh, putting something together like this, Brother Ben, at 8 o'clock in the morning. This really, this show, this power call really is the breakfast of champions. No, you don't need no Wheaties and you don't need no Fruit Loops and no cereal and no pancakes and waffles for breakfast. You need the truth. And I'm thankful to Allah 
to be able to share space and time with you and the soldiers that are behind the scenes making this power call happen. I'm looking forward to coming back to visit your mobile mosque one more again and say something from this digital rostrum that Allah has blessed you to erect. May Allah continue to bless you and all that you do. And may Allah bless all of us with a peaceful and a productive day. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Finally, we're going to close out with a song I just heard yesterday from Brother Young Connor Don when he had the group called X Niggas. Hey, man, I was listening to this yesterday. I said, golly, we got to play this. It's called Message to the Black Man. And Brother Young Connor Don, if you want, I know you got some text music to you or something in the comment section so y'all can go cop this song. But let me put this song on for you. I've been jamming this since yesterday, y'all. Y'all got to hear this. Let's check it out. My favorite part right here when white folks come back and find out ex niggas done stole this. It may be hard for y'all to listen to us, so go over to YouTube. This is a message to the black man in America. From Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, to whom praise is due forever. It ain't a rhyme, it's a lyrical sages letter. I got a mind and it's ticking like a time bomb. Hitting every nigga in the head with Islam. And I'm kicking backs to the blacks in the projects. Yo, I got a sword in my hand for the rednecks. Damn the KKK. Your cross burning peck of woods wearing a hood. Yo, we don't play. Go get your buddies and your white sheets fixed with a badge and a gun. 25 cars deep, son. The only weapon that I carry is the truth about the government's plot to destroy black youth. The devil is the Mac using you to kill a black brother in the dope game, slinging cocaine and crack. But if you're too damn blind, deaf, and dumb to understand where I'm coming from, with a M E double S A G E to the black man, A N D his enemy. The color man is the other man who took the brother man from the motherland, got him fighting one another, and took our names from us. And our language plus lost the religion, the culture, the god of us, the enemy. Yo, he had to deceive us with a blind hand, blue-eyed beggar with Jesus. To make us permanent slaves, but Lazarus must be raised up to bust and plus to crush the devil. Who put us all in a fine mess, gave us a fake god and fed us wine flesh. You made us call you master, your pastor, put us in your church and gave us your pastor. Saying we shall overcome, but none overcame. Ain't a damn thing changed and you still got a slave name. Your brain is trained in the pain of a sick man Begging a rich man, sinking like quicksand Cause Babylon the great is falling and calling us all in But you don't wanna get involved in America's evil, wicked way of life and Separate from the goddamn white man Damn Uncle Sam, better known as the color man Read the final call, fall of America And I will save as a ride with the plan From God himself, call message to the black man No devils allowed in a new 
need a white girl either You're sick enough without jungle fever First love yourself and know yourself and go for self Don't depend on anyone else Say yo, Lincoln freed you So now you need to stop begging white folks to clothe and feed you Get off the plantation, build a new civilization Be a part of your own black nation And do for self for some of the consequences I-S-L-A-M is a business So damn Uncle Sam better know as the color man Read the final call for all of America And our savior has arrived with the plan from God himself Called message to the black man Hitting every nigga in the head with Islam. That's amazing. <laughs> Brother Young Khan the Dog, man. Tell us where we can find that song right there, man. Tell them. I know they got a text 219-200-9949. You already know. <laughs> hey, that lets y'all know I'm new. I'm true to this. I ain't new to this. I've been doing this, man, since day one. Brother Ben wasn't even born yet, and I was I was spitting them bars like that. If y'all want that song, all you gotta do is text the word message to 219-299-49. You already know the drill. Text message to 219-299-49, and I'm gonna get it to you. That was written, arranged, and produced the whole album. By your boy, Young Kinda Don. Let's go. Oh, they coming in already, brother. Being they coming in hot now. Two one nine, two hundred ninety nine, forty nine. This is the power call, y'all. This is the real Breakfast Club right here. This is the true wake up show. Y'all better tap in and tell a friend, man. We on fire today. Yes, sir. And listen, family. As we close out, today is Friday. I would like to invite you all to be my guest tonight at your local Muhammad Mosque study group. 
All you got to do is fill out the form, www.noistudygroup.com. I mean, y'all see these teachers, man. You're finally able to, not that you haven't been able to before, but this morning and every other morning, you're able to hear the ministers in full for yourself. We done heard what your uncle said on your daddy's side. We done heard what your granddaddy, Paul Paul, friend said about the nation back in the day. But now you're able to hear it directly for yourself. You're able to get your questions answered yourself. Now there's no speculation. We heard what Brother Neary said about speculation. What did he say, Brother King Cam? I don't forgot to quote. But y'all heard what he said about speculation. Okay? So uh, www.noistudygroup.com. Sign up and become my guest this Friday or Sunday um, at your local Muhammad Mosque. Thank you all for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next week. It's every Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Central Time. Assalamu alaikum.